into flour, killing all the weed seeds. This thing locks you into nothing. tool to take the pressure off your chemicals. Hi, you've got Nick Berry here from Seed Terminator. My journey into Harvest Weed Seed Control and the Seed Terminator company and success of the product today and, and the change of agriculture really goes back to a 13-year-old kid growing up on Kangaroo Island on a wool and grain farm and my father teaching me how to drive the class-dominated combine harvester. He said to me that if you see a patch of this weed, which was a ryegrass, you need to lift up over it. And, and this was a challenging thing, learning to drive a combine, is that you really just want to you want to harvest all the grain, you want to leave it in a really neat way, you want to leave the paddock nice and short with the stubble. But he wanted me to lift over the, the weeds, and he was really strong on that. And it didn't. It took me 10 years to really circle back and work out what he was on about. And that's when I started my PhD. And I was looking at how to mechanically kill weed seeds on a combine harvester. And I started to dive into the research of where weeds are in a harvester. And I came to realize that 80% of the world's weeds exist because the combine spreads them. So what my dad was trying to tell me to do was to lift up over those weeds so those weeds weren't going to be spread. They were going to fall where, the, where their mum and dad was. And on top of that, they had sheep, which are going to kill a good proportion of the weeds that they eat. So if they are left in a patch that the, the sheep can eat the, the weeds and the seeds, then there's a good chance we'll get some better control. But the critical thing was to not spread those weeds. So then 10 years later, I start my PhD and I'm a little bit lost. I go down the path of looking at how we might be able to just start with a machine. So I started with some concepts and, and really worked hard on, on how we could build a concept and, and got into the mechanics of it and spent a, a year really trying to come up with a machine that would kill weeds. This was without any fundamental understanding about what is really required to kill seeds. And, and I learned the hard way that after a year's effort and a number of prototypes being built, that we needed to understand the fundamentals first. You can't treat a mill like a black box when you're trying to optimize it to fit onto a combine harvester. So I went back to the drawing board. And what I did was I looked at the fundamental energy required to kill weed seeds. So I dropped individual seeds, ryegrass seed was the target, into the path of an oncoming blade. And I adjusted the speed and the number of impacts and looked at what proportion of seeds was, would survive at X number of impacts at X speed and combinations of speeds. And what that taught me was that, yes, you can kill seeds with higher velocity, but you don't kill all of them. And yes, you can kill them with multiple impacts and you're more likely to get all of them with multiple impacts. And there was a, a rate of efficiency somewhere in the middle there where you need a few impacts at relatively high speeds. And at a certain velocity, absolutely no seeds get killed. And in fact, there's some level of stimulation of germination or scarification. So all of a sudden I had some data around how fast you needed to hit a seed and how many times. 
that was interesting and I wrote a paper on it, but it was very academic. From there, I wanted to create something much more practical. I wanted a, I wanted a machine. So I started down the path of using computational fluid dynamics or CFD. And I was looking at the air flow through a particular type of mill or different types of mill to try and understand what happens to the air inside of a machine. And then using particle tracing, I was able to enter particles into that airstream that represented the aerodynamics of a seed and represented the path that a seed might take through a mill. So then using that path, I was able to extract the number of impacts and the impact speeds that a seed would be exposed to in a particular design mill. So I took that CFD code, which I called the machine function. So that machine function defined the number of impacts and the impact speeds of a particle or a seed through a mill. And I took the material function, which was the seed properties, how it resisted impact. So what germination you would get with a certain number of impacts and impact speeds. I combined those two together. And by combining those two together, I had a prediction of what kill or the number of the proportion of seeds that would not germinate when they were passed through a mill. And again, I wrote a paper on that. The next part was to basically come up with a design that would be predicting a high level of kill. So I iterated over a hundred different designs and I was looking for novel um, geometry that would maximize that impact while minimizing the amount of energy wasted. And I finally came up with a design that I thought was a good chance of working and good chance of having the capacity needed to process the material on the harvester. And it was a good chance of fitting on the harvester. I knew the geometry layout that I wanted. And so we, so we decided to build this thing and, and come up with some manufacturing designs around how we could turn a concept into something that you could actually manufacture. We built this thing in 2012. It was June. We built it, put it on a test stand and then managed to pour chaff and weed seeds through and germinate this material and what we found was that not only did it kill a high proportion of weed seeds at high speeds that also it followed the trend which i had predicted so not only did we have a machine that had potential to kill weeds on board a combine harvester i had a method to design mills and I think that the method to design mills was infinitely more important than the mill itself. But we'll get to that. So then from there, we moved to putting this machine on a harvester. We put two mills side by side like a set of chaff spinners on the back of the combine harvester and ran it hydraulically because that was the time we had available. And Christmas Eve 2012, we had a machine driving down in a, in a three-ton wheat crop, harvesting at 35 to 40 ton an hour. There was a whole lot of effort that went into that achievement, but we got it Christmas Eve. The next day I drew, oh, that night I drew, drove to Pinaroo to have Christmas up there with my family with a big smile on my face. And then from there we iterated that design over the next two years 
I wrote up my thesis and then this product went to commercialization. I put in a business plan, uh, spent a lot of time working with the university on how as a researcher I could be an entrepreneur and transition into that. So I got a lot of coaching and mentoring in that space and effectively it was the technology was not going to be owned by me. I had a, an interest in it through the, the university mechanism for rewarding researchers who are creating technology that generates revenue. However, I didn't have a, a, an interest in it. And so the, the idea was that this was going to go to a public expression of interest. And unfortunately, that never manifested. So the technology didn't actually get the public hearing that it deserved um, and it got commercialized privately through a, an exclusive tender process. So at that point, I was, you know, interested still in, in trying to help support that commercialization effort. I was a little disheveled by the, the, the way it was being branded in the marketplace and, and the story that was told around how it was developed. And ultimately, I'd, I'd given up. I went, I went back farming on Kangaroo Island. Um, and I also did some construction work with my brother-in-law to build their, their shed. But um, at some point I realized that, you know, I'd spent five and a half years of my life developing this technology. And, and, and like I said, the most important thing was the methodology around and the, the understanding about how to design a mill to kill seeds. And I knew that that was infinitely more important. I also knew that the mill that we created wasn't perfect. It had some fundamental flaws. It had some aerodynamics that were creating way too much hot air. We had a mill that was completely fragile to foreign objects. We had a drive system that was hydraulically driven and was expensive and was creating a lot of hot oil. And we had a machine that only fit to one or two brands of combine harvesters. So there was a big opening. And together with my uncle Mark, we decided one day while sitting on a kayak in front of their beach house at Penishaw, that we'd have another crack at this. And so we did. And we went straight back to the drawing board and we dug deep. We looked at all the things that we needed to do to make this technology not only outside of what was patented, outside of what was novel in what my PhD invention, but was better. In every way that I knew it needed to be better, it was better. So I created that and found a manufacturing partner in Adelaide who was... Who was well, he was crazy enough to believe me and believe where this could go. So we built one and then we took it up to a farm on the York Peninsula and we tested it. We poured some chaff and ryegrass through at a rate that we thought would be achievable on a harvester. We took it to the weight. Uh, Adelaide University tested it through Sam Kleeman, Gurjeet Gill and Chris Preston. And it proved to kill over 90% of ryegrass seeds that went into it. So with that data, we went out and found some farmers that were willing to put this onto their harvester. We didn't have anything. 
we had a mill that looked like it might kill some seeds. We didn't have a drive system. We didn't have a chassis. We didn't have anything. So we just went to the drawing board and just went crazy. Right, we want this to fit New Holland, Case and John Deere. They all have to be the same platform. They have to be mechanically driven. We're going to have to find out how we're going to do it. And we did all of this in September and October and November of 2016 with CGS engineers and Nylastex tooling. And ultimately it didn't work. We, we just had way too much left out hanging in the breeze. We just did not have the drive system robust enough. We changed too much in a short amount of time. But by the end of harvest, and it was the longest harvest ever in the eastern states at least, um, many going into March, we managed to come up with a system that we thought was somewhat robust. And then 2017 was all about making it better. We managed to sell 23 machines effectively off the plan in 2017. And we just worked. We just worked to make it better. And it was. And it just did work. And I still remember... You know, machine started late October in 2017 and the, the phone just didn't ring. And it was such a foreign feeling because I was just expecting to hop in my car and chase these machines all over the countryside again. But the phone didn't ring. We'd managed to get the drive system robust. And it was somewhere around mid-November when we started to see the issues with wear. We didn't find those issues. The most hours we got on a machine must have been 70 hours in the previous year. But what we found in 17 is that we found, oh, we got wear, we got some extra power usage that we perhaps don't need. So 2018 was all about reducing the amount of wear and reducing the amount of power. We declared war on it and we made a massive difference. So there's a massive reduction in power and a massive reduction in wear. And those customers all upgraded their mills and saw that improvement. And we just haven't stopped since. We're now building the company. It's about building the people more than anything. We've got a great team of engineers, technical sales staff, marketing team. And we, we're really honing in on trying to improve quality, quality of our product, the unboxing experience and ultimately the value delivered to the customers. And we're not gonna stop.